Welcome to Listen to Me, a multi-voiced exploration of the city with 21 guests sharing their personal experiences of Milan's contemporary art, architecture, design, music, fashion, and literature. We explore each theme in four episodes. In this final episode of our walk through contemporary art, we'll explore the streets of one of the city's up-and-coming districts, Scalo Romana, an area undergoing a complete transformation, where, as well as the iconic building of Fondazione Prada, the Prada Foundation, you can already find lots of art centres and artist studios that hint at how this area will become increasingly important to Milan's art scene. Perhaps only a contemporary art museum can change the face of a city or one of its districts with just one building. It happened with the Guggenheim in Bilbao, with the Mart in Rovereto, and it's happening today in the Scalo Romana area with the Fondazione Prada. The area was home to a large railway yard that served its many factories, also celebrated by the futurist painter Umberto Boccioni in an early 20th century painting called Officine a Porta Romana, Factories in Porta Romana, now on display at the Galleria d'Italia, the Italian galleries in Milan. From the 1990s onwards, the factories and the railway yard were gradually dismantled and abandoned, leaving a huge empty space in the middle of the district. This is how Milanese writer Alberto Rollo describes it. I have mixed feelings when I look at the Porta Romana railway yard. Some of them are about the past because it's all there. You can see it and feel it, even though the tracks aren't there anymore. But when they were there and they were covered by wild plants called Euphorbia delle Ferrovie or Railway Spurge, the real name is Nodding Spurge. It seems as if they were the ghost of this great city, with its history of families, production, industry. And now, with a kind of mixture of fascination, I see how this city is becoming something else, including the area around the rail yard. But all around, it's already changed. It's already changed because what stands out is Fondazione Prada and the tower by Reim Kolhas, the Dutch architect, who left this important white landmark that you can see from all around. So there's this relationship between past and present. And just think that Fondazione Prada was a factory that produced liqueurs. Cavallino Rosso was made there. Some people might remember it. So there's this complex development that has become tactile, visual, even, I'd say, visionary. I like this transformation. Fondazione Prada opened in 2000, right opposite the abandoned rail yard, and quickly became one of Milan's cultural hubs and one of its most architecturally interesting buildings. Gold paint and white concrete, vertical and horizontal, wide and narrow. These contrasts embody the hybrid nature of the foundation, designed by architect Rem Koolhaas of Studio OMA in Rotterdam, with the aim of transforming abandoned industrial buildings 
into a museum, where various languages, those of art, film, architecture, fashion, philosophy, and music combine. This is what Vincenzo Trione, lecturer, historian, and art critic for the Corriere della Sera newspaper, thinks. I'm convinced that it's perhaps the most important, liveliest, and most innovative contemporary art space in Europe. I mean, there's nothing else in Europe that has that complexity, combining architecture of extraordinary quality with a program of exhibitions worthy of a large public museum. No art gallery in Italy organizes or offers the exhibitions that Prada does nowadays. There are exhibitions worthy of the Tate or the Pompidou, as well as the whole cinema program. I mean, Let's not forget that one of those is an installation that I think will still be there in 20 years, Ignaritu's Carne y Arena, which was produced and hosted by Prada. So it really is an extraordinary space that also managed to involve a cinema legend like Godard. We also asked Carla Sozzani what she thinks about Fondazione Prada. Carla is a legendary figure in the Milanese fashion world and beyond. We discuss her creation, Corso Como Dieci, in more detail in our fashion itinerary. Fondazione Prada is a masterpiece. I have to say it's a real gift to the city, because it does so many incredible things. And all of that with such lightness. I mean, it's become an important destination. And I also like the café Baluce. I like Fondazione Prada because of the concept it embodies in a small way. That of the piazza, a public space, because you arrive there and you choose what you want to do, if you want to see the permanent collection or a new exhibition that's on right now. The permanent rooms or the tower, it's a city within a city, a real gift for Milan. As Carla Sozzani has just pointed out, one of the foundation's attractions is the spaces around it, which are free and can be used by everyone. If you want a little relaxation, there's the café, Bar Luce, with interiors designed by Wes Anderson, the director of the wonderful film Grand Budapest Hotel. The furnishings, colours, floors and the wooden panels lining the walls evoke the atmosphere of Milanese bars of the 1950s which the director says inspired him when he watched classic Italian films. It's a place to dive into the past, where you can read, eat or chat, a real film set, a space for the arts and for self-improvement. From this comes the idea of dedicating an entire building at the Fondazione to cinema, a hybrid space, a projection room featuring a visual osmosis between the interior space and the outside buildings, in a constant dialogue with the arts. The programme offers a wide variety of formats and visual languages, including great classics, experimental works, first releases, blockbusters, avant-garde works, television pieces, rare films and restorations. Satoshi Kuwata is a Japanese designer who, after having worked in high fashion in London, Paris and New York, has decided to create his label right here in Milan. But Prada Foundation is all about experience because it's a perfect for 
spending luxury time with your friend or partner or lovers and prepared everything. If you're hungry, you can go to a cafe and permanent exhibition is really nice, but not too much. Something you can just swing past, you can, you know, talk about. And I think it's really nice that you don't have to be too quiet. You can still talk. It's really represents Italy. It's, um, I don't know how to call it, Prada is Milanese, but the museum really represents in the culture, really represents Italian culture. But let's also hear from Francois Bertoux, one of the world's greatest fashion illustrators, who's recently moved to Scala Romana into a former industrial space filled with light, not far from Fondazione Prada. Bertoux talks about the Fondazione but also about what makes the whole Scala Romana area special. It's a wonderful place. A place like that, we need more of them. In the sense that, it goes without saying it's on an international level. It does its own thing on a really, really high level. In its own way, with seriousness and attention to detail, and always with a very lofty ambition in terms of intellectual taste to do something Truly noteworthy, right? It's not something half-baked. And so it's a great, a, a huge achievement with a very interesting program. It's an incredible, incredible creation. It's a big project that took 10 or 15 years to complete. This city still offers these spaces inside the city itself. It became part of the city relatively recently, but it's a feature of this city, at least in Europe. This abundance of spaces where industry was so close to the city centre and then moved away. So the spaces are available for other activities. And Milan is exceptional in this regard. And here's Fabio Quaranta, a creative who combines fashion and art. He also moved to Scala Romana quite a few years ago. He created his studio in a large former industrial space that's also a centre for social and creative activities. As I've been a neighbour of Fondazione Prada for six years now, I go there a lot. I have a great relationship with the people who work there. I go to eat or to grab a coffee, and I go and meet people. And of course, every time there's a new exhibition, I go and see it. I'm struck by the fact that it's a meeting place you can go to, it's what spaces like this should really be for, not just offering art events or exhibitions, but also a place where people can meet. Fondazione Prada is a 10 to 15 minute walk from the stop Lodi on the yellow metro line M3. Just a short walk from Fondazione Prada is another example of the great transformation of the Porta Romana rail yard an area that's rapidly changing, led by contemporary culture. It's the ICA, the Institute for Contemporary Art, a non-profit institution designed to bring to life a project dedicated to all the arts. It began at number 26 via Orobia in a courtyard among factories and warehouses. The ICA features an interdisciplinary program, from arts publishing to ceramics, film, music and performance. It creates a relationship between the audience, the curators, the director and the artists, thanks to the continuous involvement of everyone. 
Fundazione ICA. Fundazione ICA. Well, I think that together with the other foundations working in Milan, it's what's missing a bit in the rest of Italy and what gives a bit of support to all the creativity in the city. It's a, a place dedicated to art, but it's a space whose openings and opportunities for meetings manage to bring people who share the same interests out into the suburbs. Because it's the suburbs we're talking about here. So it's obvious that the area has a debt to these. Yes, to these institutions that work and invest to create something meaningful of cultural interest. The Fondazione Ica is around 15 minutes on foot from the stop Brenta on the yellow metro line M3. With its art centers and business centers, Scala Romana is changing. The former rail yard will become an Olympic village for athletes in 2026 and student accommodation immediately after, with a large park and a range of cycle and pedestrian paths, services, squares and businesses. And all around, there is a district filling former industrial spaces with artists and creative studios, as if to highlight its vocation for creating and making. Our journey through art ends here, but don't get rid of your headphones. We'll be back with our next itineraries dedicated to what makes Milan one of the world's creative capitals. To listen to the next episodes, follow us on your favorite podcast platforms or visit www.casemuseo.it where you can also buy the Casa Museo card to visit the Poldi Pezzoli Museum, the Bagatti Valsecchi Museum and the Villa Necchi Campiglio of Milan's house museums at a discount price. The Boschi di Stefano House Museum is free to visit. <laughs>